Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I'm so glad you could come. This is going to be such an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. Open your mind real wide now. Freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. Welcome aboard the Mothership Radio Show. Tonight's episode includes an interview with my friend Bill Watson, who was here before. We talked Plan 9 from Outer Space. He held a puppet show in coordination with that movie. It was a pretty fascinating uh, thing to watch live in person. And he joins us tonight, and we're going to get into some strange and unusual conversations about the Knowles family UFO experience in 1988 in Australia, where they were driving down the back roads of Australia, and a UFO harassed them, basically picked up the car and dropped it on the ground. So tons of information about the story we're going to go over. And we're going to hear from the family themselves as well. So that's going to be coming up here. And then we'll get into a deep conversation about our future, man. All right. So make sure you've got your seatbelts fastened. The trays and seats are in their upright position. And let's get strange and unusual with Bill Watson and the Knowles family right here on the Mothership Radio Show. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. What if I told you I'd take you to a place you've never been and do something to you that's never been done? Terrified members of the Knowles family claimed a bright flying object sucked their car off the ground. It was early yesterday morning when the Knowles family had their close encounter on the Nullarbor Plain. About halfway between Melbourne and Perth, their blue Ford Telstar was chased by what they told police was an extremely bright white light. The egg-shaped object hovered above the car, lifting it more than a metre off the ground. Police at Seduna in South Australia were today at a loss to explain the sighting. Samples of ash taken from the Knowles car have been sent to police forensic scientists for study. So far, the results of those tests are unknown. A Perth family claims it's been confronted by a UFO while crossing the Nullarbor. Their story's been backed by other motorists and the crew of two South Australian fishing boats have also reported being buzzed by a UFO. Faye Knowles and her three sons claim an orange blob picked their car up off the highway. They fled in terror into the scrub until the object disappeared. For the Knowles family, it was to have been a routine drive across the Nullarbor. That all changed as the family approached the town of Mundrabilla on the air highway. They claim that's when they had their unexpected and terrifying encounter with the unknown. Later, inland at Mundrabilla Roadhouse near the West Australian-South Australian border, a truck driver reported that he had also seen an incredible light in the sky. At 5.30 yesterday morning, a West Australian family of four travelling east say a UFO landed on their car. They were travelling at 200 kilometres an hour at the time. The object was emitting an extremely bright light. They were travelling in the same area as the previous sightings. That's an interesting story coming from Australia. Now, that happened in 1988. Uh, Bill Watson's with me. Uh, Bill, you heard some of those news stories. I think when you hear the news going crazy for a story like this, it doesn't sound like a novelty story. No, not at all, man. I mean, this sounds very authentic i mean why would this family want to make it up and and there was other accounts of people who spotted at that truck driver and right i mean i'm curious to see what else happened but like did, it, did they leave anything behind did it change you know the metal like uh, you know well uh, have they grown any like extra limbs since then <laughs> <laughs> this story is is so bizarre and we're going to hear from it's, it's a mom and three sons mm. 
they were driving. It's late at night, I think two two thirty in the morning. They're driving the backwoods of uh, I'll say the backwoods, really, just the back country, if you will, of Australia. I guess it was along the coast. Um, so I guess it couldn't be that far back. Anyway, <laughs> a place near uh, Great Australia Bight, B-I-G-H-T, which is the body of water off the Australian coast. That's where this uh, crew of uh, tuna boat fishermen saw this UFO as well. So the, the, the really bizarre thing about this whole story is that not just that the UFO came in and, and harassed this car, but what the UFO did, not just the people in the car, but also on the boat, it, it changed their speech pattern. It it made them oh, talk. Weird. It made them talk in slow motion. That's what both the the fishermen and the family in the car said. That after the the UFO were, went by them, they had this maybe sensation of a slow motion thing happening. Isn't that crazy? Well, that's yeah, that's insane. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people talk about like how we're governed by our gravity and time is only relevant here on Earth. So I could see how if like some alien showed up, you'd be like, oh, you know, he has to slow down time to right. communicate with you. I mean, I, I mean, it's just not speech or sound. Like maybe they're like on a different vibration or, you know, just a vibe, man. Well, that's, interesting. <laughs> no, that's an interesting point of view on that. Um, I want to play the the witness testimony. This is the mom and the sons talking. Uh, I believe it was on a TV show and explaining what happened, basically. And these are kind of long clips, about a minute and a half each, but I think it's important to listen to them in, in their entirety to get a, a sense of their voice, get, get a sense of how genuine they sound as well. So here's uh, the Knowles family, K-N-O-W-L-S. You can look this up online, 1988, the Knowles family UFO car incident. Take a listen to the mom right now. What time in the morning was it when, you, when it first happened? About 5 o'clock in the morning. And you were driving which way? Towards Victoria. Towards... Did it suddenly come up behind you, in front of you, or just hover over the car? It was in the middle of the road. It was, you know, just in the middle of the road, in front of us. How big? Looked like truck lights to us, you know. I didn't take much notice. Uh... Patrick, you thought they were just headlights sort of coming towards oh, you? I did, you know. You see something like that, you wouldn't take much notice. You just think it's a truck or a car. Did it make a noise? Oh, it was terrible. It was terrifying. What was the noise like? It was, it was uh... like a humming sound. Oh. And so when it got, you kept driving, approaching it, no, did it veer over the top of you or what? I had to put my foot down because it was chasing us, like it was a fair distance back, and the next second it was on the roof. Did you hear a clunking noise when it got on the roof? Yes, we did. Uh-huh. And then, Wayne, after that, how long did it go for? When did, when did it lift the car off the ground? Start shaking and start lifting the ground up. And the car at me. Start lifting it. What were you saying to each other? We died. We thought we were dying. You know, we didn't know what to do. Did you shout? Did you cry? Or? I was screaming. I was hysterical.s uh, Explain this. If you're doing 200 kilometres, you blow out a back tyre. Would you roll a car or what? Yeah. Does that <laughs> does that explain it? H- how long were you there? How long were you suspended? How far off the ground do you think you were? We don't know because we were stunned. You know, we were in a state of shock because we don't know what was going on. All of a sudden, these things on our roof and pulling the car up. We don't know what's going on. All right, so explains a little bit of what happened. They're driving. This UFO came by, landed on top of their car, picked it up, and then basically dropped it back down on the ground, blowing out a tire. 
that's a pretty big drop to blow out your tire. I think they said it was uh, a few meters, so maybe uh, ten feet, possibly, uh, of a of a drop. Um, that would probably do it. I mean, I think a ten foot, and maybe it was it could have been forcibly dropped. You know, it could have been push dropped um, as well. Who, who knows? Um, this story gets really weird, Bill. I mean, as if that's not weird enough. Yeah. I mean, having a UFO pick up a car and then drop it on the ground. I mean, yeah. this is the Knowles family continuing on. So then it dropped you and you blew a tire. Yeah. What happened next? Did you get out of the car? Oh, I went down the window and I, saw, and I felt this thing on the roof, you know? And I said, gee, there's something on top of our roof. And I didn't know what to do. And I was screaming. And as soon as I said that, a little this um, smoke stuff come into the car. The car was covered in all black stuff, wasn't it? Well, like grit or soot or ash. It was like a soot, black soot stuff, just coming on top of us. So then what did you all do? We thought we were dying. Then we got out the car and we hid behind the little tree in the bushes and it couldn't find us. Then we was, jumped was it the still car. there? It was still there waiting for it, looking for us. Was it on the road or no, moving around? We don't know. It was up the road a bit further from us. Then did it come back looking for you? Yeah, and then we took off in the bushes. How long did you stay in the bushes? Oh, about 15 minutes. Then all of a sudden it took off again. And we, when we hopped in the car to take off again, it came after us again. Wouldn't leave us alone. Who changed the tyre? Sean changed, took him two minutes to change the tyre. I bet it did. <laughs> we left the jack and everything. We just left everything up there. We just took off. And at that stage, did you think you'd, you were involved with a, with a flying saucer? Yes, we really we did. Dead? We said we're dead. You know, we thought we were really dying. How frightening is that? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, my one weird supposed alien encounter, it felt like the car got dropped too. So Yeah, you I, had, I remember you telling that story. Yeah, it was weird. A buddy of mine were um driving back from clubbing and it was really dark and we were on the highway ninety three in Colorado, which is kind of a dead highway with nothing out there, but like there's an old abandoned um nuclear waste dump out there. But we pulled off at the side of the road because we were just too tired and, and we've been partying too much. So we're just like, let's just pull off right here. And there's literally nothing for miles around there. And you can see because it's at the it's at the foothills of the mountains. So at like about 600 feet off, you're still in the plains and you see you can see straight across to see the mountains and then you can see the Great Plains because you're still a little bit high up. So you can see all around you pretty easily. And uh, I woke up to like bright light and a hum and just so much light flooding into the windows and then it felt like the car dropped and then the hum stopped the lights were off and you just sort of kind of like pew, go off into the distance and like i jumped out of the car really quick to see if i could see where it went and it was just gone so and i never mentioned it after that because i thought it was just you know maybe i was just drunk and i dreamed it and then like 15 20 years later my buddy turns to me like and he's like yeah like that time we were abducted by aliens off highway 93 crazy right <laughs> i was like okay. uh, you're like oh you remember so, that you're like something did happen that night yeah apparently so oh, wow apparently man so we did shake the car and Dude. like lift it up and drop it because he woke up at the same time i did but he was intoxicated so so you know it's funny so i remember you telling the story but when i'm talking about this Knowles family having their car picked up and dropped. I'm, I'm saying I've never heard this before. And I'm like, yes, I have heard this before because you told me about it. I guess, you know, you didn't get the black soot uh, that I guess that followed you or, or was filling in the car. So, um, 
Yeah, well, it sounded like she touched it, so maybe it was just retaliating, or who knows? That's <laughs> bleeding or crying at her claw coming at him. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like she said it's something that was looking for them. I don't know if she was talking about the UFO itself, or if she was talking about the thing that was on top of the car, um, because that was you know emulating or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, was dispensing the the, you know, the soot. Um, and well, what is that about? What's the soot about? I mean, like, what, what's this UFO doing about you know, ha- you know, harassing this car? It's um, it's a very bizarre scenario, man. And uh, with one more clip here, I'll play here. Uh, it's right. a minute, minute, minute and a half long, but uh, it'll kind of uh, bring us around. The question this morning that possibly the argument against it, whether it was UFO or not, that possibly it was a freak. It was a, what they call ball lightning. Do you believe No, that? that's not true. No way. No way. If, if it's happening for about an hour and a half, I doubt if it's a ball. <laughs> no you think all, all this went on for about an hour and a half? It went on for about an hour and a half. Wouldn't leave us alone. Did Get any other mittens. cars or trucks pass you at yes, that time? Yes, I did. There was a couple of trucks. We tried to pull one up, but, we, she, but the we, lady wouldn't pull up for us because she's a lady truckie. She told us when we got up the road that she didn't know it was us. We were in trouble. Did she see something? Yes, they did. Yeah, they came they, around last night to have an interview with, what's his name? Um, uh, Fred, I forget his second name there, but they're the ones that reported to the police. There was no witness that said they seen something on our car, but they won't give the name. Went to the police. Did it, when you were trying to put it back together again today and piecing together what it might have been, did you cross your minds? Maybe it was some military weapon. Maybe it was some. No way. It was after us. Why do you think that, that they'd single out your car? We don't know. It was chasing other cars, and all of a sudden it come after us. We don't really know because it was four of us in the car. So none of you got physically hurt. None of you, nobody tried to. You didn't see any any um, little green men or any men from outer no, space. No, no. no way. Yeah, that's a cheap shot at the end. Um, <laughs> but I think. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound made up to me. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like no. some, something really happened there. And with the other eyewitnesses, um, this most likely happened. But yeah, I, I mean, I believe her. I think something did happen to them. I mean, why would people don't tend to like make up elaborate stories like this? I mean, right. And most people aren't just that creative. And then they all kind of cult, they, they all cooperate you know when people are trying to share a lie you know they can't really repeat the incidents chronologically very well when you separate them right. like they they tend to like jumble things up or one adds something that wasn't there and then the other one subtracts uh, but usually they they're adding things just to fill up the dead air so i don't know i believe them i believe something happened to them i mean is it military technology probably i mean I'm we have so much stuff that's classified yeah, i would believe 1988 I mean, not to I say know. you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. My dad used to work for um, one of the aerospace companies, and he's like, "We are 50 years ahead in technology of what you see now." He's like, "So what you'll what you see in 50 years is what we had 50 years ago, but we don't release it to the public because it's too dangerous to give them at that time. So when they catch up, like when the public evolves with the bits of of." Um, technology that we give them then you know we we add a little bit more here we add a little bit more there i mean for example um 4k video is a satellite compression that was released you know 
uh, and to one guy who made the red camera, that camera that first came out when they were doing like 2K video and all that stuff. Like that was a light that was licensed from the U.S. government as uh, compression. And when I was working in medical technologies, um, doing like three and four dimensional ultrasound, um, there was certain equipment I can take into other countries because it was too advanced for them. And they could build, build weapons out of it. So I guess well, in I, I would believe that it could be something like that. I mean, I don't know. That's I, my explanation. I mean, That's well, it's, it's a it's an easy explanation to say, well, it's probably military because for the most part, it's the only thing we really have to say at this point. Because otherwise, you know, we unless you can prove that it's from outer space. But the, I guess the harassing part, the soot, um, I mean, I get, we don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't know. I get that. I mean, you've seen Top Gun. They buzz the tower, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, it's like it would, military Top Gun. It trips, it, <laughs> no, but it trips me out now that I, I correlate this this event with your event. You know, that kind of trips me out a little bit now because, mm. you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you you did get lifted and dropped. So I'm just curious if this is the same situation because they said it was a ball of light, too. They For them, it was like an egg-shaped uh, style of uh, UFO. Yeah, I didn't see it, but it was so bright you couldn't see. Bill Watson's with us. We're talking about this Knowles family and their uh, abduction case, which is just insane, if you will. I mean, again, I think the whole voice changing too, and um, you know, it's a yeah, mother. it's really weird. Yeah, it's a mother, and it's a you know, it's her three sons in the car. Um, I would uh, encourage you guys to check out uh, the, the the story more in depth. But 1988, it happened. They took the car away. I don't know if we're ever going to see the results of what happened to the car. I don't know if we're going to know if there's any residual black soot that is that. What do they do with it? Where's the answer to that? Oh, the car disappeared? Well, I mean, there's no follow-up with the car on any story that I've looked up on. Right. I want to see the car. Like, it's a Ford Telstar, too. That's, like, the biggest. That's funny to me. I mean, have you seen this car? (laughs) The Ford Telstar? Yeah. I mean... It's uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's very it is kind of an ugly. Yeah, I mean, if you're an alien, you're definitely going to have a look at that thing. I mean, well, it's not going to run away from you. No, it's it's kind of hideous. It looks like a bug. It's very boxy. Like, like yeah, like like a, a a robot bug, kind of like one of those old Audi Quattro so hatchback. Do you things. think the UFO was attracted to the car? Uh, maybe because it was metal and it was humming. Maybe it just thought it was like simple life form or something. It's it, like, oh, what's this? You know, kind of like when you see a turtle, you like pick it up and look and look at the bottom of the shell. <laughs> I just wanted to see. Is this, uh, you look like my little girlfriend of mine, right? And this one's. <laughs> I mean, maybe it thought they were turtles, and you know, they were the the actual thing that lives inside the shell, and that the right. uh, car is just the shell. I don't know, was. man. Very strange with that black suit, though. That's just such a weird like. Yeah. I uh, just, I mean, again, I've never heard anything with a black suit before, so I, I, I don't know, man. I uh, maybe that's something we can look into as far as investigating uh, other incidences with black soot being pumped into a car, um, let alone being uh, lifted off the ground and slammed down to the to the to the ground too. Very crazy stuff, man. Um, let's, I'm going to wrap up the the Mothership Radio Show though. Uh, sure. But I have a, a, a thing I want to run by you first. Because uh, normally we do a, a we do a segment about this time. It's called um, maybe it's real or maybe it's make believe. I don't know. I'm not going to do that right now. I just like to say that. I like to I like to sing that part just so you know. Um, <laughs> so there's a song by the Steve Miller band called Swing Town. You're familiar with that? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play a bit of Swingtown for you, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. play something after it that sounds like it. So uh, take a listen to this. Get familiar with Swingtown. All right. Um, yeah. Alright, so Okay, that came out in nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. Now I now I want you to hear the, the theme song for In Search of. Did you sound familiar at all? Yeah, it's the same song. It's the same tune, but they like kind of newsy it out. Right. Like this could be the In Search Of theme. Yeah. Coming to you live from the middle of nothing. You want to- <laughs> <laughs> In Search Of. You are gonna freak out when we tell you. <laughs> Um, yeah, Leonard Nimoy just added such a special touch to that. So, all right, so I'm not, I'm not wrong in that. I right. thought the swing town and the in search of theme was pretty much uh, like one and one and another. And here's the freaky part. Are you ready? Are you sitting down, Bill? Yeah, I'm here. Both songs came out in 1977. Oh. Yes. So somebody just knocked it off real fast. I see. That's the thing. Or Steve Miller like perform the theme song i don't know it's like i don't know oh well i would think yeah i would think maybe steve miller performed it i would i would i could see that you could see that now that i played it for you but i think for the most part i think what you said is that it most it, it could have gotten lifted oh yeah it could have gotten lifted uh um, yeah i i know guys who make like music for tv shows and they're they're totally just you know they're just grabbing from everywhere and just incorporating it. So, I mean, you've heard the Space 1999 theme song. Yeah, I love that one. It, yeah, it's space funk. It's great. What? Why? What did you? Uh, let me let me pull that up here. I know I have it. What? What did? Uh, would it be space funk? I think so. It's very like Bootsy Collinsy, but oh, but I see what you mean. And Georgia Mordor. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a great theme song. That's all. Sounds like porno too. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if you watch the show, it pretty much is porn because I don't think anybody's wearing underwear in those like jumpsuits. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's like moose knuckles and like camel toes everywhere. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a stampede, and they shoot everybody from the waist. So <laughs> you pretty much know what religion everybody is, at least the dudes. <laughs> the the '70s were so subtle, weren't they? Um, this is yeah. the first season, I believe. Let me get to the second season. They changed it up a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's more like it's not as funky. Yeah, they took all the fun out of it. They did a little bit, right? Yeah, I think people were having too much sex to it. Yeah, and you've watched this show, right? You know, this was one of the shows uh, I my dad would watch on a Saturday afternoon. You know, it would be Star Trek and Space 1999, followed by Benny Hill. Oh, Benny Hill! You know that's. That's what that was the Saturday afternoon watching TV with my dad. Yeah, we'd watch those two, and we would watch. Uh, uh, what's the other one we would watch? Mash and uh, Mash yeah, was Benny Hill was Benny Hill was Benny Hill was just awesome, dude. I mean, he was just a funny dude, and what a what a, like a really good person he was as well, because he kind of lived well below his means. Yeah, and that Yaggity Sax song. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, his sexuality was like, like almost too much for TV. It was like it touched that line of like going too far yeah. but not going too far. I mean, you know, I yeah. was, I, I was. I mean, I know this is an alien talk, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's, it's Benny Hill. Um, I mean, I think you know he shaped the he shaped my comedy. I know that as a kid. Um, oh yeah, so. Well, I think he was pretty good at like subtlety and like you know winking at the audience and and there's something when you're like trying to be crass but not be crass he was always like the curious like mischievous observer you know that was always his thing. No, or you're the, right. The... Right, it was very innocent and you know he was kind of the lovable loser. He, he never he never really won with the girl. He always you know failed. There's always something yeah. you know sometimes not all the time, but. Uh... Yeah, man, he's he's uh, that's that's a memory lane, Bill. I know, <laughs> like so much stuff is disappearing. I, I'm beginning to like realize how old I am. Like, I mean, we're we are as far away from uh, the '80s as when we were living in the '80s were from the '50s. We're we, we're just about that far away, if not a little further now. So, yeah, you, well, you remember what that was like. <sighs> Um, you know, you don't realize it until it's past already, though, that how fast it is or like this, the distance that it is, you know, from the 50s, because that's happy days, you know, when you're 10 years old and happy days is on TV, Laverne and Shirley, you know, and these are representing the 50s, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that's, it didn't seem that far away, but it, cause, but it was such a different world. It did seem that far away. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things is basically our happy days. I still haven't seen that show. I actually I started seeing Stranger Things, and I, I got a little bored. It's a little cheesy. I mean, if you live through the eighties, it's a it's a little cheap. It's a little cheese. It's like cheese whiz, you know, on a on a smoked oyster mayonnaise cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like how gluttonous and like you know just gratuitous can you be with it? So right. Well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I I. I don't know. Yeah, getting older is it's an interesting uh, thought, you know. Thinking about also, 
like what you have left in your life. You know, kind of you've kind of hit that top end in a sense. I'm, I might be a little bit older than you, but um, you know, hitting that the halfway point, if you will, if you're lucky to make it to 90 or 100, you know, you're you're hitting that halfway point. And you're going, all right, now it's like, oh, crap, I got half half left to go. Now what do I do? No, I get it, man. But look at, like, Biden is a, I mean, he's a boomer on the high end. And, like, you know, he's out there running the country, you know, even though he looks a little crip keepery. I mean, but, like, I feel like the boomers are, like, the only generation that's terrified to retire because they're defined by their work. They feel like, you know, if they relax, they'll lose control. I mean, maybe it's all the cocaine they did in the 80s when they were yuppies, but... Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. You know, when you look at someone like Biden or someone that age that's active and, you know, most of people who are active at that age have always been active. They don't just be lazy. Then all of a sudden they're active. So at this point in your life, you've you got to stay active. You, this, there's yeah. just no more lazying around anymore. You have to stay active. Otherwise, it's going to hit you when you're 70 years old and all your friends are doing things and you're like, I can't move because my back is messed up and. You know, and I haven't left my bed in three years and this and that. And it's like, <laughs> but, it, you know, you have to you got to be moving. You got to be mobile if you want a mobile, yeah. um, you know, second half of your life. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a it's a it's an eye opener. It's a, it's an awakener to for me. It, it is, you know, yeah. going through a couple of uh, family passings and, mm-hmm. and knowing that. All right. Crap. I, you know. I'm I'm kind of next, you know, in the sense of yeah. once they're gone, it's like, all right, now it's just me left. It's like, what, now what do you what do you do? And you know, then you have your panic attack, and then you try to figure out what you're going to do with your life, and you're out of work because the pandemic. You don't know if you'll ever get a job again that you love to do, and all mm-hmm. these things start flapping around in your brain, and you start thinking about, oh crap, what's what's my life going to be like now? How am I going to manage the rest of it? Where you know, who's going to hire somebody my age right now? You know, I'm just doing my own thing, man. Well, that's it. I mean, and I've always done that. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't want to depend on like, because it seems like to me, every time I've always worked for like a a boomer, they like want you to be grateful for something. I mean, I I just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that whole mentality that they have of like lording over people. And like, because it comes from their parents who were like, who come from, from an era that moved really slow as well. And like, you know, you had to have letters of introduction and like, you know, it's all about like, we live in an era now where you just need your phone to make money. Like you don't even right. need people anymore. Right. You don't need Dale Carnegie telling you how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. You just need um, a, a good a good hashtag that's going to get picked up by an algorithm and you may even be rich. And that's the thing. I, if you can do some simple marketing, you can make a living for yourself. And I think that's something that like as Gen, Gen X people, we need to look at like, cause this is the freedom we've, we've waited for. No, so here it is, man. No, Jump you're right. And, and that's the alternate theory of, of that, well, say theory, but that's the alternate of, of uh, the ultimate side of what I'm, of what I'm talking about is, all right, here I am, you know, over I'm 51 years old. And, you know, like, all right, so I got, you know, I can probably find a job, but it's going to be kind of like a low end job, something that's not going to make me happy and I'm not going to be thrilled. And now what do I do? So the, the other side is like, holy crap, there's so much I can do right now. There's so much yeah, I man. can do. So that's the other thing is like the other side of it is like, all right, now, you know, I can, you know, I could resell things. I can you know, go online and, and be creative that way. There's, yeah, there's a ton of things to do and make your own money without having, uh, you know, to work for somebody else. So, yeah, I, the options are out there. You just have to really 
be willing to go um, through the process of of uh, working for yourself, and that's where. Well, uh, here's the thing. I mean, we were we were we were trained by boomers and whatever the the greatest generation or whatever my my dad was a part of. But here's the hat trick, like we think within the confines of their world. We're not thinking within the confines of the world that we created ourselves as a generation or the one behind us. Whereas like they've always looked to the younger people and kind of scooped it up. And like, I mean, if you want to talk about like jumping into the spotlight and taking credit for things like baby boomers are like the number one people for that. But I'm going to give you an example of what you're just talking about. I have a friend who she worked in an office uh, doing work and she's always complaining that she lives like two blocks from her office right and she's uh always walking to work so during the pandemic they made her work from home for like the last year and a half and now they're telling her you never have to come back into work again but she won't move out of her place and they're opting like if you want to come back into the office for two days a week they're just going to let you if you want to you don't even have to right but she is stuck in the mentality that she has to be at work because that's where she gains her validation from from the the act of going to work from the dressing up to the like the parroting and like the work environment and all that corporate baloney that came around in the 80s you know the corporate work environment that like the whole working girl movie like personifies (laughs) you know like i'm gonna put on my you know my pantsuit and go out and like i'm making a living you know it's like we we don't have to do that anymore like you just have to turn on your computer and make your living you know and she could live in paris and dial in remotely and she's like but i'd have to get up in the middle of the night i'm like yeah but in paris <laughs> like not in freaking denver where you know you're you're it, it snows and it's 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 not even what you like you don't like that you don't take the vibe you don't you're not an outdoorsy person like you could be where you really want to be and really just kind of become a new person like a better person and live a better life so I think that's something that Gen Xers need to really wrap their head around is like, you know, if somebody gives you an opportunity to freelance, like seize it, man, like go for it, right. you know, live it, like go move to a farmhouse with six of your friends and run your like event farmhouse while you're like selling stuff online, like you said, or you're even just like drop shipping or you're teaching kids English in like 16 different countries, you know, making more money than you've made before, like don't be afraid of it. Just like embrace the amazingness that is you're capable of doing that because the world is the mentality and they know that you're going to be more productive because what do they say? Productivity rose 20% when people worked from home Hmm. and you know, nobody was working harder. (laughs) Sure. Sure. They were just happier. Right. Of course. Right. Cause yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's the, that's the, what's been exposed obviously to the pandemic is the work at home. Um, is obviously, you know, is okay. It's not a big deal to go to the office anymore. We figure that out, which is great. I like the point you make where you say that we grew up in the baby boomers world. And that's true. We grew up in their, in their perspective, in their idea of what our society should be run like. And that's what we're looking at. And we're also realizing that that's not a great way to run society. And I think we're kind of, we're kind of breaking that, uh, we're breaking apart from that mentality that boomer thinking way of thinking of how a society should be run and we're, we're, we're creating a new way. And I think that's where we're at right now. And I think that new way is, yeah, being, being more freelancing for yourself, being more, um, you know, in the direction of helping yourself before you help others as far as whether it's health or, or finance too. 
Because, you know, working for yourself is a better uh, scenario in all cases. Well, I mean, when you're talking about finance, I mean, like cryptocurrency is decentralized money. And I think as soon as people like get the fact that you don't need your government to back the currency as long as like it is, I mean, the, the cryptocurrency only works because it is governed by the set of rules that are programmed into it and they cannot be changed only they can only be changed by the governing entity which is voted on so it's a very democratic currency where what we have now is like kind of like this imaginary thing where it's supposed to be backed by gold but you know we've sold all our gold to china for computer parts and you know uh, basically the thing of america is is we do what the egyptians used to do when we were invaded we're being we were invaded in the 80s financially when japan took us over um and now you know china's doing the same thing because they hold all our debt so why do we even need this ridiculous like monetary system that doesn't even work for us? Like if we have cryptocurrency, it's based literally on supply and demand. Um, and you can go in there and you don't need the stock market, you know, to, to, to have these oligarch companies tell you what to do with your life. Like I'm ready for it, man. Like give me the future. Now I want it today. Like go and burn wall street to the ground. I don't even care. It doesn't serve me. What do I care? Do I need another Starbucks? No, I don't need another Frappuccino. You can hear myself getting fatter. I'm so right. We're inundated with all these, you know, corporations that are just basically, you know, taking over everything. Um, I mean, it's controlling all of our lives for the most part. You can't go anywhere. You got to go to this, you know, the same store and the same corporation, you know, for everything you need right now. So there's no, the, the options are being limited in a sense of, you know, it's either going to be a Costco or a, a Walmart and that's it. Or Amazon. Yeah. Or I Amazon. Mean, right. They're, they're doing their thing right now with their, their markets and stuff like that. I think, uh, but the thing that we're beginning to see with the kids though, the younger generation, like whether it be millennials or even Gen Z is they, they are just making stuff at home and selling it to each other, you know, and they're circumventing that whole system and they're, they don't even, and, and marketing to them is difficult because they don't even want half that chunk. They're like, what do I need this for? You know what? I'm going to be next month. I'm moving to, from Paris to, you know, uh, Argentina to remotely work. So what do I need all that crap for? Right. You know, I don't need a brand new stereo or color TV, right. that whole, that whole song. What was it? Uh, get your money for nothing. Your chicks for free. Right. Like it was all about excess. And that's like a very boomer thing. That's their whole thing. That's the yuppie right. mentality is like, I need all this stuff to make myself important. Whereas like Gen Z is just like, I need to like, cause the only thing I, they realize that the only thing they could take with them, because of course, boomers have hoarded all the money in the world is the experience they're having together so they're all about shared experiences and community and i'm like i'm all for it i'm like you know what you can bury all the all the boomers like so long i don't even care what they do anymore like please feel free to retire and do whatever you want like keep your monetary system like go away like i want to live in the world that gen z is living in because this is the world i've always wanted to live in they live in the future in the future that for the last hundred years we've been thinking about so i want to live in their world yeah, I don't I, want. I don't I, want a car. I don't need a fast car. No, you're right. Need, you're right. I don't need a hundred songs about cars telling me how to where to go. You know, they want to be driven around. They're like, you know what? I just want to just take me where I take me to where the experience is. The experience is not the car. The place is the experience and the people, and that's really where we're at again. So I'm 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 all for it. They yeah, in the future. Sign me up, man. I am totally down with that as well. I, I want more creative people in charge, man. That's what I want. 
I think we need to get, like I said, you know, like you said too, is get that mentality, that old school um, boomer mentality out of there. That's that's the first thing, and that's happening in the next, you know, ten years. I think uh, we'll see m- the majority of that gone. Um, yeah, uh, that's and yeah. Can I can I talk to you about one more quick point that I, I was talking to another friend today about? Like we're talking about it's of course GLBTQAI and plus plus plus. Um, month and we were talking she's a psychiatrist and we kind of grew up together in in the punk kind of like weird free love scene um but we were talking about um how kids view themselves in their sexuality and their gender because those are the things that people don't understand what the whole acronym is about like you know they, they we manage to divide gender and sexuality um so what she was telling me is like well what happens when gender disappears because our whole society is based on, you know, male and female relationship dynamics. What happens when you just remove gender from society? Like you don't, you no longer have it. Like people are just happy being around each other. There's no like predetermined like set of rules for them. Right. And that's another thing that Gen Z is doing. And I'm just like, you know what? They live in the world that we kind of need with this many people on the planet. Anyway, that was my last thing. No, it's cool. I think it's very encouraging and very exciting to know that there is a younger generation that is aware of what's going on and is actively trying to improve the world around them and make a better life for all of us on this planet. I think that's awesome. And whatever I can do to help out, I would totally be down to as well. I mean, I think that's important because that's the kind of thing we missed out on is that kind of leadership, you know, because we were just told, you know, the one with the most toys wins, you know. That's the, yeah. That's you're right. That's what we grew up on. That's the stuff that was you know inundated uh, in everything we did as as a people. So when that goes away, you know you you're either shocked that it doesn't exist anymore. That what do I do now? I'm lost. Or you roll with the punches and the changes and know that hey man, I think it's gonna be a better thing that we don't live like that anymore. So yeah, I mean yeah. One of the mottos of the old one of the old guys in our family who was about to die. The, the, like one of the last things he said to me was like he who has the gold makes the rules and i was like but what happens when you have an entire generation that doesn't care about the gold they just want to live you know they don't want to live by like some bizarre notion i mean yeah sorry i'll let you wrap it up sorry no it's it's cool i I think it's a strong way to end the show i think it's a good way to um it it was a good conversation i appreciate it um you know that's 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 what the mothership radio show really is about is not just listening to aliens and all right, you know, witness testimonies, but also to get into the, the, the concept of what's changing in our society, what's changing in our, our way of thinking as people, in what direction we need to be going to, because that, that's the page we all need to be on. You know, we all need to be aware of the same thing on, you know, at a certain level to make a positive change in this world. And I think that's the, that's the awakening, if you will, that's kind of happening these days as people are becoming more aware that uh, the system that we grew up on is not the system we should be living on. Oh, because we have technology to take care of all these things. Now. A lot of things, that. a lot of things can change with technology. Um, our rules and regulations need to be changing. Uh, the way we handle and, and treat people should be changing. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, and I think we've kind of reached that point of awakening to that. Those things need to be changed. And I think mm-hmm. that's where we're at right now. We're at the very beginning of that, um, awareness that change needs to happen in, in a lot of areas of our way of living, and I, and I think we're at the beginning of that be- of that change of that positive change. And it's going to be sticky. 
A lot of people aren't going to want it, but it's going to happen regardless. So either get on board or get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Get on board or get out of the way. Cue up the age of Aquarius song. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to thank Bill Watson for joining me here on the Mothership Radio Show. Interesting conversation. The Knowles family thing. Uh, wow. Just a fascinating story. You know, there's uh, a story I saw online. I did a little research after the show and realized that some guy had a, a theory to the light and why they saw it and why they thought it was following them. But there was no theory or explanation for something on the top of the roof. But he did say the black soot could have been brake dust. So if anybody is aware of that and you hear the story of their experience and you think, I know why that happened. Yeah, let me know why you think that happened. I'd like to hear your reasoning for it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. It means a lot, and thank you for doing so. We have an, uh, an interview coming up soon from Wajid Hassan, and he wrote a book called The Struggle for World Sanity. A Muslim-born yogi mystic reveals a practical solution to solve all problems facing humanity. But until then, my name is Kevin Gassman reminding you to stay strange and unusual. And we'll talk to you next time right here on The Mothership Radio Show. Thank you, and keep watching the sky. The Knowles family of Perth were in their car heading across the Nullarbor Plain when a bright light appeared above them, picked up their car, and dropped it. Well, to the Knowles family in Adelaide, thanks for joining us. And 36 hours now after the event, do any of you have any doubts as to what happened? Do you still believe that it was a UFO that landed on your car? Yes, we do. Why do you believe that? Because we actually saw it, you know, it was chasing us. And it, all of a sudden it landed on our car, put our car back. And I put my hand out the window and I, I fell on the roof. What did, Just, you, what did you feel? It was like a... Um, sponge on the roof was sucking the roof you know the car it was a sponge i saw it how big was it what did it look it was like about, i don't really know i can't really explain did you see anything but a light um no not really it was a uh, i can't explain it uh, it was sort of it was shaped like this hang on shaped like this had like a little circle in the center and that was like a yellow sort of color and it had on the outsides that was sort of shaped like that and on the outsides it was like that and in the center it was like that